The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode. For additional details, must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Baby, it is a mini pod. It's Tuesday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, JJ John Jastrzemski. And good day. Good day. Good day all the way around. We got a loaded show for you. Uh, Daniel Jones will join us. My buddy, our pal, the great Adam Shine will join us. And we'll eat a little crow on the 0-7 New York Jets prediction. But the Yankees bringing back Anthony Rizzo is a very, very good thing. I saw that story yesterday that he was flirting with the Houston Astros and it literally put a knot in my stomach. The Yankees have enough losses to the Houston Astros over the last couple of years. Anthony Rizzo going put in an Astro uniform would have only been icing on the cake. That's a guy the Yankees couldn't lose. Listen, we know Judge is the main attraction. We know Judge is the main event. But Anthony Rizzo is the only guy on this team that has won. He's a lefty, plays unbelievable defense at first base. Anthony Rizzo needed to be back on this team. Two years, $34 million, club option for 2025. If you have a problem with that, you are an idiot. It's really as simple as that. If you're a Yankee fan that has a problem with Anthony Rizzo coming back, you'll watch the same games that I watch. The guy is everything the Yankees need on their team. They need more 
Anthony Rizzo's. Good. You don't got to worry about first base. Now, the million-dollar question is Aaron Judge. I think Anthony Rizzo coming back only enhances the chances of Aaron Judge returning. I think Judge got to get paid. I think we all know he's got to get paid. But that's his boy. And Anthony Rizzo was waxing poetic about Aaron Judge all season. Did so before the year. Did so after the year. And I have not hit this. He's my favorite Yankee on the team. Favorite Yankee on the team, hands down. So I'm very happy about the fact that he's coming back. This Jet Patriot game on Sunday, I cannot wait for. You know, it's weird from a New York football perspective. We haven't had a lot of games where it's been boom, circle the calendar, the build up, the anticipation, all of it combined into one. We have it with the Jets and the Patriots. The Jet defense is outstanding. The Jets have been terrific for the better part of six to eight weeks, but they need to slay the beast. They need to beat a team that has owned them, that has embarrassed them, that has humiliated them. And they need this game from a lot of different standpoints because guess what? The playoff picture in the AFC, the tiebreaker picture in the AFC, they need this win over the Patriots. They lose this game. Boom, all of a sudden they're 6-4. and four. You're 0-2 against the Pats. It's a conference loss. And then you start thinking about the games the Jets have, whether it's at Minnesota or at Buffalo or at Seattle or at Miami. That back half of the schedule for the Jets that we said was going to be far more manageable and a lot easier than the front half of the schedule is not necessarily the case. I'm going to say this regarding this game on Sunday. If, it is a big if, the Jets beat the Patriots, the Jets will be a playoff team. If the Jets beat the New England Patriots, they will be a playoff team. If they don't, I think it's like a little less than 50-50. The betting odds are basically putting it at 50-50. If you check FanDuel right now, Jets make to miss the playoffs, it's even money. I think it'll be worse than that if you lose to New England. They made a statement against the Bills. Can they make another statement in a place that has been the absolute dungeon the definition of a death sentence going to play the Patriots anywhere, and especially at Gillette Stadium. But countdown's on. I can't wait for these games. Sunday is awesome. Anytime you hit the last week before Thanksgiving, it just feels like football. It's cold outside. The days are short. The leaves are basically falling off the trees. Going to be eating turkey, triple threat of football next week. Like, it's football. Through and through. And we got two teams that are playing real meaningful and significant football in the Jets and the Giants. So I am super, super stoked for Sunday. We'll have all Football Friday regulars, Beningo, DeCesar, Cats, they'll all join us on Thursday. And we'll see if there's any more action and activity as far as the baseball is concerned. But what do we have for you here on this mini pod? It's pretty simple. 
We'll have Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the New York Giants. And then my dude, I've really got to rephrase that. My guy, Adam Sean, the legend from Sirius, from CBS, the whole deal. He'll join us. So you'll have some fun with that. And then we are back on uh, Friday or late Thursday with our usual pod. Daniel Jones, quarterback of the Giants, is next. It's good to have Daniel Jones back on the show. He's fresh off a bye week. He's fresh off the Giants getting themselves another W. DJ, long time no speak. What's up, stranger? How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing, JJ? Uh, I'm doing fine, man. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of people who are in tight with the New York Giants. And even though it was a bye week for you, and even though I'm sure you got some much-needed R&R, I did hear that you were finding your way into that facility maybe a little earlier than a bunch of the other fellas. I know a whole lot of Giant fans are going to love that, dude. So can we confirm that? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was in here a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know about burning the midnight oil or anything. I was in here. See, that's what uh, I heard. So you're not in, not, not late night. You weren't like one thirty, two in the morning, like brewing up the coffee and whatnot. It's uh, hanging in the facility. Not that late. No, not quite. But we had, uh, we had a good amount of guys in last week and just, uh, taking care of their bodies, getting ahead on, uh, Houston. It was last week. So, uh, a lot of guys, a lot of dedicated guys. For sure. So before we get to the Texan game, a couple of things here. Number one. How was your bye week? So kind of talk me through what went on in the life of Daniel Jones those couple of days where he had uh, a little bit of a chance to get some R&R. Yeah, so I hung around here for a few days, uh, just relaxed, and uh, saw a couple of buddies in the city, saw, uh, saw my sister in the city, and then I went down to, uh, to Durham uh, Thursday night, caught my sister's soccer game. Uh, they played Carolina ACC tournament game. Unfortunately, they lost. And uh, shootout, but uh, got to make it back for that. And then I uh, went to Charlotte Friday, hung out there, and then came back up here Saturday. Would you say, DJ, after getting a chance to spend some time with friends, after getting a chance to see your sister and your family and whatnot, it kind of like re-energizes you in some way as you got ready for this Texan game, as you get ready for the home stretch in November, December, and hopefully some games here in January? You kind of feel like, yeah, man, I needed that. Now I'm ready to go. I think so. Yeah, I think uh, kind of mentally just getting away for a little bit. You know, it's not much. It's not much time, but it you know gives you that little bit of um, a little bit of time away and, and mentally kind of uh, rest a little bit from uh, what we're doing every day to uh, get home, see some family a little bit, relax a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I think it gives you that little extra bit of uh, extra bit of juice for this last stretch. So you guys find a way to beat the Texans. Was there any bit of concern with you and the coaching staff and guys on the offense as far as being a little bit sluggish coming off of a bye week where you're not in that same rhythm, where you're not in that same routine? Did you guys feel like, all right, we're okay here? Even after the first half, you get the opening touchdown, then it kind of stalls out. You only got seven points in the first half. Did you almost need a half in many ways, DJ, to get the offense going a little bit? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always the concern coming off a of bye is that, uh, you know, you want to pick up where you left off, want to continue to improve through that week, even though you're not playing. So uh, that's the concern going in. I thought the first half, you know, we scored our opening possession, um, you know, I think which was important. And then through the first half, it felt like we moved the ball well. We, we did some things well. We just kind of shot ourselves in the foot, stopped some drives that should have been, you know, should have resulted in points. And, and 
you know, we had to had to clean up a couple of those things. But I don't think it was a, you know, I don't think it was necessarily sluggishness or, or guys not being ready to go. I thought we were from the jump. I thought it was just, uh, you know, a couple of little things here and there that that uh, you know we could have done better to score points in some of those drives, and, and we did a little bit better in the second half. Well, DJ, to me, the difference in the game was the play and the hookup with Darius Slayton, where you find a way to get yourself out of trouble. You find Slayton, and boom, he takes it to the house for the touchdown. Did you kind of look at that particular play as like the turning point in the game? I think it was, yeah, I think it was a huge point of the game um, for him to for him to do that, make that play, and uh, you know, I thought we we had the momentum, and then that uh, you know pushed it uh, pushed a little bit forward for us, so. Uh, it was a heck of a heck of a play by him. Yeah, and it seems like DJ he has really come on with the injuries you guys have had at wide receiver. Has he been somebody, Darius Slayton, that you've been looking to get more and more involved in this offense? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think um, he's done a, done a great job. Uh, you know, he kind of a slower start to him or start of the season for him, but uh, you know, he's made the most out of all the opportunities he's had. So, uh, you know, I know. You know, I've always had a lot of faith, a lot of confidence in him to, to do that, to make those plays. And um, it's fun to fun to see him out there doing it. So you have a guy like Darius Slade making plays left and right. You're one of the leaders on this team. You're the quarterback of this team. When you got a guy like Kenny Galladay going through struggles where he comes into the game, he drops a couple of passes. Look, you can't do his job. I understand that. But what's something that maybe you as the quarterback and you as the leader are going to try to do for somebody who's one of your teammates to try to pick him up, to try to get him going. Is there, is there anything you said to Kenny after the game Sunday? Yeah. I mean, I think we, uh, we certainly talked about, it. I think the first uh, situation I was rolling out to the left and just a poor throw by me and missed him out in front. And, um, you know, I know the crowd kind of reacted to it, but it was a, it was a poor, poor throw and something I got to, you know, I make and, you know, confident I can make that throw. So we talked about that. And then, um, you know, he, I think, you know, he knows I have his back and full, full confidence and support in him. And, um, I've got to continue to give him the ball, give him chances to, to make plays and, and, uh, hit him when he's open. So, uh, that's, you know, what I'm focused on certainly. And, and, uh, he knows that and I'll be better for him going forward. DJ, I go back to last year, a couple of years ago, you guys third down, fourth down, which is brutal <laughs> this year been a polar opposite of that in fact you have been one of the best third down quarterbacks in all football and I felt like in this Texan game you made a lot of plays when you needed to move the sticks when you needed to move the chains is there been any difference for you in third that is it like better play calls better execution uh, uh, why this year DJ have the third down success rates and numbers been so much better than what they were over the last couple of years uh i don't know it's, it's always tough to say it's just one thing i think you know i think we're executing better i think that's certainly a big piece of it guys are stepping up and making plays you talked about uh darius i mean you throw a, a little like return route underneath he loses the defender makes one guy miss and it's a 50 yard touchdown i think you know guys are just stepping up and making plays in some of those key situations i think you know you look at wandell he's had a a few really big third down conversions uh, where he's caught the ball, got upfield and, and, uh, and converted for us. So I think you just look at certain guys in certain spots or, or making big plays for us. Um, another game in which you don't turn the football over. And I'm not trying to put the jinx on you, the kibosh. There's, there's no announcers jinx here, DJ, but it's incredibly commendable 
And I know it's something we talked about at the beginning of the year. Would you say for you specifically, the biggest difference in your game this year as opposed to maybe last year or the year before that or the year before that is the job that you're doing and taking care of the football? Is that, you think, the biggest difference in Daniel Jones 2021, the Daniel Jones right here, right now? Uh, I think it's part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think I am doing a better job. I feel like I've, you know, I've improved with that each year of uh, each year I've played, and and uh, yeah, taking a step this year for sure. So, um, you know, continue to to try to do that well. So, seven and two, you guys play on Thanksgiving Day, which is awesome. But we don't want to put the cart before the horse. You have a game coming up on Sunday, and. DJ, I know you've been outside. I know you're back here in the New York area. It went from summer to winter real quick, dude. Like it's, yeah. I mean, it's miserable. Don't get me started. I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> I went to school at Syracuse. You would think I know. It, it doesn't get easy. It doesn't get comfortable. So for you, you know, you're playing all these games. And Sunday wasn't a great weather day, but like you're playing a bunch of games. It's 60 degrees. It's it's 70 degrees. There's not a whole lot of wind. There's not a whole lot of cold temps and whatnot. Sunday against the Lions, there's a very good chance you're playing in a frigid, windy stadium. There will be a lot more games, as you know, like that at MetLife Stadium in December and January. Is that something you have to, like, adjust to? Is it something that you just kind of work through at practice? From a quarterback's perspective, what is that transition like going from all right, I'm a Northeast quarterback. The weather's really good. And now all of a sudden the weather is just absolute crap. Does that change things for you at all or not really? Uh, not really. Not really. I mean, I, you think, you know, it, it's somewhat of a factor and you got to understand at least, you know, what the conditions are and you try to understand what the wind's doing in the stadium and uh, how that may affect the game. But uh, as far as the temperature, you know, that's not a, not a, huge, uh, not a huge deal. But it's part of, part of playing up here. Uh, the other team's got to deal with it too. Um, but you know, it's, it's all part of it. But I would say probably the wind is, is the one thing, you know, you want to consider, you want to take into account and get a good feel for pregame. Fair enough. Would you say wind or wet ball is trickier for a quarterback? Um, it depends how wet, I mean, I think like, a you know, if it's just sprinkling, I think that's, you know, I'd say the wind, but I think if you got a real downpour, then and that obviously makes it tough. Now, will you get in? You won't do a glove, right? If it's super wet or no, maybe you think about it. I never have. Yeah, I never have done it. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I'd consider it, but I, I probably wouldn't know. So basically, you're telling me if we get like a snowstorm in December or January or we get like freezing rain, I'm not going to see you rocking a glove. All right, it's good to know. It's good uh, to know. Snow's different. Snow's, uh, snow's not so bad, you know, because it's not as wet. Um, and you get defenders you know, falling. See, I feel like that's, that's right. always the advantage. Maybe a, a corner is, you know, trying to guard Darius. They fall right on their ass, man. You hit him for a 70-yard uh, strike for a touchdown. Yeah, that sounds, sounds good to me. But, yeah, the snow's, snow's not, not as bad. Sure. So the Commanders beat the Eagles on Monday night. The New York Giants are a game out of first place. And if you look at this division, Daniel, everybody's got a winning record, or at least this 500. Did you guys expect the NFCs to be this good? Like, you guys are a surprise team. Philadelphia, I think a lot of people thought was going to be very good going into the year. Dallas, you played them early in the year. They got a good defense. And now the commanders are coming on strong. 
AFC East and the NFC East, DJ. Might be talking about the two best divisions in football, man. Just saying. Yeah, there's uh, it's definitely been uh, competitive. And as far as, you know, what we expect going into the season, I, you know, I don't know how how deep we really considered all that stuff, but it's fun to be part of a, a competitive division. And, and uh, you know, this part of playing in this division is the tradition and the history of these franchises and the rivalries that go back and, and the stories, you know, you hear from the past. So uh, to be part of it, to, to be able to play in these, uh, you know, in these games against good teams, against uh, teams with, with uh, great tradition is, is certainly a cool part of cool. Part it's got to be super cool for you. You know, this is the first time, DJ, in your career. Well, a couple of years ago, you guys were in the playoff race for the division back in 2020, but you didn't have fans in the stands. It kind of happened very suddenly. You got hurt. How cool is it for you, like, going in? I mean, listen, it's the NFL. It's a privilege. I understand all that. You're playing the quarterback position. But going into these games with, like, serious playoff juice ramifications, the games really, really, really matter. Like, it's got to be pretty damn awesome, huh? It is, yeah. I think that's that's why you play is to compete and, and have a chance to to play for something down the stretch. So, um, you know, I know there's a lot of a lot of guys in this team who've been been a part of this team, uh, you know, for a few years. That um, you know, we've we've missed out on it, and, and being part of it is is uh, is certainly cool. So, um, at the same time, you know, I got to say we got to stay. Uh, stay week to week, and, and our focus this week is on on Detroit. We're only going to get you know where we want to go um, if we keep taking care of business week to week. So that's where we're that's where we're focused. So I got to commend you. Um, I follow the Giants obviously on Instagram, and they get the shots of you know you guys walking into the stadium and whatnot, and you're looking all GQ. You're walking in, good luck, <laughs> and you got the coffee. Are you a Starbucks guy? Uh, yeah, I like Starbucks. What's like the, what's Starbucks. the order of choice then? What was, I gotta know, what was DJ drinking walking in like before the start of the game? What, what's the order? Uh, that was just a regular black coffee. Um, you're not a but, shot of espresso guy. See, I do it. That's why I'm a little nuts, but I have one. That's <laughs> it. They got a team, yeah. you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just a, a regular drip, drip black coffee guy. Uh, I switched over though. I, I was cold brew and I've, you know, since the temperature's gotten a little colder, I've gone back to the hot coffee. So, uh, but yeah, just a simple, simple uh, hot black coffee. So I'm one of those nut jobs that drinks iced coffee all year because I like the ice. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's one of the many bizarre characteristics I bring to the table, DJ. You'll see me like 20 degrees. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm holding up one of these bad boys. So yeah. pe- people probably giving me dirty looks like when it's snowing <laughs> and whatnot. It's like you got like the icicles down the cup. But uh, yeah, that's the way we roll. So before we say goodbye, Big game for you Dukies tonight. Will you have an opportunity at all to watch Duke taking on Kansas? Uh, I'm going to try. It's late. That's past my bedtime. I might be asleep. But uh, my brother's actually a graduate assistant assistant this year for Duke's team while he's uh, working on an MBA at at the business school there. So he's he's there. He's been updating me on how everything's going. And uh, I'm looking forward to at least following uh, you know, what happens with their season and, and uh big game for them tonight. Well, I was going to say, as far as any of that insider information, uh, how's, what are you hearing about the team? <laughs> hearing good things? You hear it? I mean, listen, it's a new era Duke basketball with Coach Shire, DJ. Yeah, no, I think he's, he's, uh, he's had nothing but, but good things to say about how, how they're doing, how they're practicing. You know, they like, got a lot of young guys, uh, again this year, but, um, 
you know, I think those guys have, have looked pretty good. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Shire, from what I've heard, has done, done a great job so far. So I look forward to look forward to watching this year. DJ, good luck on Sunday against Detroit. It's good to have you back in the saddle. It's good to see the Giants pick up right where they left off right before the bye week. Seven and two, going to be one hell of a race in the NFC East and to go and make the postseason. So go get them on Sunday. We'll be watching, all right? All right. Thanks, AJ. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Oh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now, your bits. Feet. Toes. Come on. Ugh. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... <sighs> Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're basically at the mid-season point in the NFL. We had this guy on at the start of the year. Now we welcome him back. I watched him yesterday on the Monday QB. Time to shine. He's roasting Josh McDaniels on the radio today. Our dude, our guy, Adam Shine. What's up, buddy? My guy, JJ. What's cooking? Uh, I heard you roasting Josh McDaniels and trumping the Tua MVP candidacy. So I had to get my dude on the show. Uh, but first, I got to be fair on this, Shine, because I was down on them going into the year. You were down on them going into the year. And I have a lot of Jeff fans in my life. I'm sure you have a lot of Jeff fans in your life. I want to play back something you and I had a conversation over back in August. Take a listen to this. The Jets had a good offseason, right? And, and I can appreciate a good young group of receivers. Um, I love what Joe Douglas did in the draft. Here are my issues with the, with the Jets. I think they're starting the, the season 0-7. It was said. And, Shine, I have a lot of people who love you and love me. They listen to you all the time. They listen to me all the time and the Jet fans. And with each win, I would get a text. 0-7, 0-7, 0-7. So I think the both of us have to eat a little crow on the year the Jets have had so far. 100%. And I'm happy to do it. And I'm happy to do it. I'm glad you played that clip back because I love the Jets offseason. I love what Joe Douglas did in the draft. I graded their draft in A++. I meant every single word of it. Um, There was an, in first of all, I was wrong. And I'm thrilled for all the Jets fans, as you say, in, in my life that I was wrong. And, you know, obviously, I say it on my radio show, my television show. 
your podcast, you know, my Twitter feed blowing up because, you know, people are obviously hot and heavy. I, I don't regret the comment because the big premise I had with, with the Jets, comparatively speaking, I, I just didn't think they had the quarterback. I didn't know about the coach. And I thought the AFC was loaded. That was a big miscalculation on my part preseason. I thought the AFC was loaded. And that has not been the case in any way, shape, or form. You know, the Cleveland game was a fluke. And, you know, there were moments, obviously, where they played greats and moments of futility. But that game against Buffalo was, to me, the biggest, most impressive Jet win since Rex Ryan was the coach. I don't want to hear about the Todd Bowles 2015 year. No, since Rex Ryan was the coach. Because you know I think the Bills are fantastic, still do, even after what transpired against Minnesota. And that wasn't about the Bills playing poorly. That was about the Jets kicking their ass. And the Jets haven't had that kind of derriere kicking in a long time. Look, Brees Hall was going to get my vote for Rookie of the Year. He's done for the year. I loved when Joe Douglas... Drafted AVT, made the trade, gave up the extra pick. He was en route to being first-team All-Pro. They've dealt with adversity. And the quarterback bounced back. That game against New England, JJ, that might have been the worst game I've ever seen at the quarterback position in a long time in terms of feel and clue. I mean, Zach was a double agent. You know, and the, and the game against Pittsburgh on the road, down double digits, you give him a ton of credit. The way he was able to bounce back and play clean, I, I thought that was a huge deal. And look, are the Jets going to make the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't think they're a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but this team plays great defense. Sauce Gardner is an unbelievable talent. Love that draft pick. I mean, he changed Cincinnati football. I had... You know, people in the league telling me during the college football season last year, this guy was going to be a star. So I'm I'm obsessed with him. Yeah, that that 0-7 got, got a lot of traction, you know, and it, there were a lot of fluky moments early. And all right, you win games, that's great. You know, they got the Dolphins without Tua, the Cleveland game. I still can't believe that happened, you know. But the way they've responded this year, give Robert Sala a lot of credit, and that victory against the Bills. Man, that was that was special stuff. It was a statement, but you know this, Sean. They haven't beaten the Patriots basically in a decade. That's right. The Patriots look at this game. Richard Seymour said it last year. It's the homecoming game when the Jets come to town. So if you're going to change the narrative, you got to go and win this week. And then you throw in another wrinkle, Sean. They want to make the playoffs. You got to have tiebreakers. They don't have a tiebreaker over right. New England. That's right. They probably got to get to 10. Am I crazy in saying they win this game? I feel pretty confident they're a playoff team. They lose this game. I think it's like 40 60. They don't make it. They need to win this game on Sunday. So we're on the exact same page. And I think this is a pseudo playoff game because they need tiebreakers. I'm going to assume that, you know, next time they play the Bills, they're not going to win. I'm going to assume that next time they they play Miami, they're not going to win. Um, I honestly feel like I was more wrong on New England. And seriously, with all, you know, the Jets, you know, 0-7, Yastrzemski's podcast, that got a lot of buzz. 
thought the Patriots were dreadful going into this season. I'm still not convinced that the Patriots have it, but Belichick, the homecoming game. He finds game, ways, Sean. Listen, that's why he's the best to ever do it, because the quarterbacks play terribly. Terrible. But they play defense. They run the football. They were better with Zappy for what it's worth. But yep. they got I'm looking at the over-unders. I got Patriots at eight and a half as an under. I'm going to be sweating that one out, Sean. Oh, yeah. Listen, and, and I still don't believe in New England. Look, I don't think New England's making the playoffs, but Jets-Patriots feels like a pseudo-playoff game coming up this weekend. I think the loser is going to be behind the eight ball. You know, I, I think that – I think Cincinnati's going to find a way to the playoffs. I think Baltimore, schedule-wise, and with Lamar, might run the table when it's when it's all said and done. I mean, their their schedule is simple. Uh, Miami's making the playoffs. Buffalo, I still believe, is going to make the playoffs. Kansas City's obviously going to make the playoffs. You know, Chargers, they, they that's a tough team to figure. This feels like a really gigantic ball game to start the second half of the season for the Jets. Then we have the Giants, and the coaching is off the charts good, Shine, It's off the charts good because they have won about five games this year that they don't have a prayer of winning if Joe Judge or Pat Shermer or Ben McAdoo's the coach. Their number one receiver is Darius Slayton, Wendell Robinson. I, I mean, they cut their best corner and gave them to the Philadelphia Eagles. Sean, the New York Giants, if the Philly loses on Monday night, are a game out of first place. Are you more surprised Giants 7-2 and two, or the Jets or six and three. See, I'm really glad. This is why you're so great at what you do. I, I, I'm glad you asked that question because 0 and 7 is a great soundbite. I'm more surprised by the Giants. And wow. I and I love Dayball and I love the hire. And I said when they hired Dayball and, and Joe Shane, that was the best day the Giants have had in 10 years. Like literally 10 years since they led, they won the Super Bowl against New England. And and they've been a, a disaster ever since. Um, this roster's terrible. I mean, it's, it's a it's a parting gift from Dave Gettleman how atrocious they are. And the fact started week one, Tennessee, and, and Dayball going for two and yelling at Daniel Jones. Then the Carolina game, that gets lost in the shuffle. You know, they could have easily started the season 0-2. And, and the fact that they didn't, that changed everything. Even, even the Houston game this past week, it's not like they played phenomenal football there buttoned up. They have one player, who two players, Thomas and Barkley, who I, I think are, you know, really plus-plus players. Saquon's been terrific. Uh, Daniel Jones, I was wrong on Daniel Jones. I mean, turnover machine. And he, I think, has enjoyed a really strong season and has earned the contract. He's, he's earned, I don't know if he's the quarterback of the future 2024, but he's earned the contract. He's taken the coaching. He's clutch. He's tough. He's great in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I think Dayball is a gem. Shane's a gem. And and you're not wrong when you talk about the standings. And, you know, I said after the uh, game against Minnesota, Philadelphia's going to go 15-2. and two. And I had one of those losses being the Giants because of the coaching and the toughness. And, you know, you could run on Philly. So I figured that Barkley and Jones can do that against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, the Giants are going to the playoffs. And they are not even close to being a top seven team in terms of talent in the NFC. It doesn't matter. Coaching matters. We're seeing that all over the NFL this year. Coaching matters more than ever. 
And wow, and we knew this. They hit it out of the park with Brian Dayball. You cover the NFL. You do a ton of it nationally. You're doing the show on Sunday. You're doing the show on Monday. You talk about it on the radio five days a week. You're a good person to ask this question to. We're midway through the year. How many teams do you think right now, Adam Shine, can go and win the Super Bowl? I love this question. So That's why we bring you on, New York, New York. Only the best, bro. Come I think, I think it's very wide open. Let's I agree. let's let's play this, okay? NFC. I think Philly can win the Super Bowl. 100 percent Can Minnesota? I, I think Minnesota can win the Super Bowl. Wow, with Captain Kirk. I would, by the way, by the way, take a fairness. Take a fairness. That counts as a big win. Oh, big time win. That's a big win. Just you know, we like Jefferson. to get on him for the primetime games. That counts as a monster win. You go to Buffalo, you win that game. I think San Francisco could win the Super Bowl. I'd put them ahead of Minnesota if I'm making that list. I think Kansas City can win the Super Bowl. I think Buffalo can win the Super Bowl. I think the Miami Dolphins. Nah, that's what I wanted to hear. Can win the Super Bowl. I do too. And I've been saying, and JJ, for a that's while. Scary. I'm saying that, Sean. Scary. I, I think your team is the third best team in the AFC. And, and I think if you look at the formula, right, on how Miami wins games, you know, and I don't know if the defense is going to reach this level. Can they be the Rams defense from a couple of years ago where they're able to create turnovers, get the ball back for the offense? Kansas City defense wasn't a great defense when they won the Super Bowl. Get the ball back for the offense. I love the Bradley Chubb deal. I mean, I think Hill and McDaniel and and Waddle and Tua and company, can they go on the road and beat Buffalo? Can they beat Kansas City? Of course. Of course. Not that I'm going to pick them, and I still think that Buffalo is going to win the division. But yes, I think the Miami Dolphins are a legit team that can go to the Super Bowl and win it. So I'd probably say there are about eight, nine teams that can win the Super Bowl. Would you put Baltimore and Dallas on that list? They're literally the next two teams. They and I, I was curious. I was yeah, curious where you're going. At. You know, I was really surprised by the ebb and flow of Dallas and Green Bay. Really surprised because of how they look. Up 28-14, up two touchdowns. I didn't think Dallas was going to lose. Sean, I had Packers plus five. I was ready to toss in the garbage. It was over. The game was over. It was over. Over. Because I do think that Dallas is has the formula to win in the playoffs. I love the defense. I love Pollard. You know, I like Mike McCarthy more than most, but, you know, his in-game management is, is crazy. I would have kicked the field goal. Am I allowed to reference the Dak problem? You know, there there have been a couple of moments in his career, and I'm a Prescott fan, and I love the contract, and I believe in him, where he just doesn't play big in a big spot against a better quarterback. You know, there, there are moments where he's on the field, and it's, you know, and this might might loom large for the Christmas Eve game against Philadelphia, which I, I think that Dallas will beat Philly, right? In Dallas. I do too. Especially now, at home. They should. That's a big spot for Prescott. That's a big spot. Can Dak Prescott win that game? Can Dak Prescott outperform Jalen Hurts in that game? That's a huge one coming up. Hey, how about this weekend? I mean, 
right? This is a crazy way to phrase it. And I'll ask you and then I'll answer the question. Who do you trust more this weekend? Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? The way they're playing right now, it's Kirk Cousins. However, Crazy, but it's true. Yeah. The betting line, though, in that game, Sean, Dallas is favored on the road at Minnesota. I know. I know. And that I was stinks. listening to Cousin Sal and, and Simmons on that this week. And I I mean that that one genuine and I know it's Dallas and I know where the money goes. That that surprised me. That genuinely surprised me. So before we say goodbye, the Yankees just re-signed Anthony Rizzo. Thank goodness. Two-year deal. Third-year option. So much for the Astros getting involved. Judge aside, you are a diehard Yankee fan. You were very disenchanted like I was, watching them in the second half, miserable in the postseason. Same story, outclassed by the Astros. I give you the opportunity to give me a different look for the Yankees next season. What's the grand plan for Adam Shine? First of all, I'm re-signing Judge. Just have to, to start there, right? You right. Can't, you can't let that guy go. I hear people try to make that argument. It's like, come on, what are now, we doing here? And that's why You're I just Yankees. have to say that out loud. I, I don't understand it. Now, I, I do have this fear that the Giants are not going to stop until they get them because San Francisco is in, in kind of no man's land, right? Like, I think 2021 was a fluke. Dodgers aren't going anywhere. Padres aren't going anywhere. He's an hour. He grew up an hour away from San Francisco. I I gotta tell you, JJ, I'd love one of the shortstops. I and I wanted one of the shortstops last year. I would love one of the shortstops, and then take the, one of the kids at shortstop and trade them for pitching or help in the outfield. So I I would I'd be and I wanted Trevor Story last year. I wanted Correa last year. I wanted Sager last year. I mean, I would do anything possible to sign Trey Turner, right? I, I do any. I, I love Dansby Swanson. I and if I was Turner, I'd stay in L.A. If I was Swanson, I'd stay in in Atlanta. You know, I hate the Astros. I'd sign Carlos Correa. Or like, move a guy like Correa down the road to third base. Doesn't yeah. he have the body type to play third base in two or three years? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm thrilled Rizzo's back. He's he's a winner. Um, you know, I, I do think they need another pitcher. I think they need another starter. See, I think that's what they're going to do, Sean, because I think they're going to trust the kid at shortstop. I know. Peraza or Volpe, I think they're going to trade Torres and put the other one at second base. And I think it opens the door for a guy like LeMayu to play a little bit. I think they're going to call Verlander. I got a weird feeling about that. They flirted with him last year. I know he's old, but he's, you know, he's an ageless wonder. His buddies with Cole, weak in the Astros. How would you feel about that? See, I, you just hit it home, right? Like, I, it would make me nervous, but I'm on board. I had Jeff Passan on my SiriusXM radio show. He thinks Verlander is going to go ring hopping, which I think is great, where maybe it's Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, Blue Jays, where they'll say, all right, I'm going to pay you on the past what you're going to bring for at least one year, overpay. I, I love Verlander, first ballot Hall of Famer. He, he does scare the hell out of me, though. And I, I wouldn't do it if on the Mets. See, I don't mind it as much for the Yankees because they have younger starters. The Mets going all in with Verlander and Scherzer with their age, I would not do that. I would, no, no, no. I, I would not do that. I would probably rank it, honestly. If I was Toronto, he's the perfect guy for them. Seriously. He really is. But does he want to live in Canada? That's the question. Yeah, I, I don't have no know. idea. Toronto's a beautiful city. I, I have no idea. It is. Listen, I'd live there, but I'm not Verlander. <laughs> I don't have Kate Upton telling me what to do, you know? 
I don't know. I I would sign up for it. I he's one of those guys that every time I would watch him pitch, I would get nervous. I would be thrilled. I'd be pumped. You know, I'd buy my son a jersey. I just I don't know. By the way, I know you mentioned the the Raiders point when we started the interview. Oh, of course. This, this Josh McDaniels thing. I was just texting with someone before I hopped on to tape this. Like, I've never seen anything like this. You know, the fake Belichick guys, they're front runners, right? They're, they're, when I say the fake Belichick guys, Joe Judge, you got to win, right? Oh, he's going to be man, Gene, Matt Patricia. Yeah, Matt Patricia. McDaniels. It's over for McDaniels. It, he's a two and seven. I mean, he lost to Jeff Saturday at home. <laughs> Jeff Saturday, who's never coached. In college or the The same coaching experience that you and I have on an NFL sideline. Literally the exact same coaching. Walked into his house, kept his shoes on, urinated on the carpet after Jeff Saturday did to McDaniels. And it wasn't even a top four worst loss of the year. They didn't score a point against the Dennis Allen New Orleans Saints team. They were up by three scores against a gutless Arizona team with Tyler and Cliff at the 20 nothing and a half and they blew it. Up 17 nothing as Jacksonville blew it. They were outplaying the Chiefs in Arrowhead. 17 blew it. McDaniels couldn't coach the way out of a paper bag or manage a two-point conversion in that one. And and Mark Davis is saying that he, he's done a fabulous job. He's going nowhere. Why is this even a topic for discussion? You poor, poor Raider fans. I, I feel after uh, Derek Bowles, they went to the playoffs life. last year, Shine. They went to the playoffs with the pit boss as the coach. They add Devontae Adams. Now, all of a sudden, they stink. They, and McDaniels, you're right. Let him go. I, Sean, I hope he succeeds Bill Belichick in New England. I right. do. Let right. As a Dolphin fan, that's a Please. dream for you. Sign me up. Sign me up. I heard that today. I was dying. We had to have you on. Thanks for a few minutes. Uh, I, I managed, by the way, a run. We were timing this out. I was doing about 840 pace. I had to get down to like seven-minute mile pace to hustle back to get these words of wisdom from you. And I know the Jet fan will appreciate our accountability. Listen, I, I, I'm thrilled for the Jets. I did that Jet postgame show in SNY forever. I love Jets fans. They're passionate. I'm thrilled for them. That Bills win was the best that I've seen since Rex was there. I'm thrilled to be wrong. Uh, Robert Salas taking, you know, keeping all the receipts. I'm fascinated to see what happens in New England now. Sean, it sounds like me keeping the receipts on the Tua haters. Oh, boy. Hey, oh, you I'm not going to want to deal with me at the end of the year. A field day. Field day. I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for January, though. That's really why I'm like. The Tua hate, though, was always irrational. Look, and I was a Herbert over Tua guy, but there was a reason why Tank for Tua was a thing. He was that legit and that great of a prospect. I mean, he was going to be Drew Brees, a more athletic version of Drew Brees. I, I never understood that. Flores, who I love, mishandled him forever, mishandled the offensive coordinator position, bring in McDaniel, bring in Tyreek Hill. I mean, I don't know why people are surprised that Tua Tungabailoa is doing this. I love when he talked Super Bowl a few weeks ago. I love the swagger. I love the Super Bowl. I love all of it. Listen, keep up the good work. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Maybe we'll see you at... Barclays Center Monday or Tuesday for the Orange? I don't yeah, know. That, that, that's Not for November. Point. We'll we'll get Shine out there for March in the uh in the ACC. Hopefully a winning year. I mean, it's a low bar this year, Shine. 
Low bar if we're talking winning gear. I, I kind of like to make the tournament. Is that is that going to happen? No, I'll be. I mean, according to Jim Beheim, that's that's realistic. So I, I hope he's right on that. Yeah. I hope. We'll see. I have my Adam Shine. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate You're the best, it. JJ. That was a ton of fun. Want to thank Daniel Jones. Want to thank Adam Shine. Football Friday might be Thursday night. It's going to be a big weekend around here. Big, big weekend around here. Good job by Stefan. Enjoy it. JJ out. Be good, everybody.